Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, a podcast against shame. I hope you're well and I hope you're ready for today's episode because it is a fucking banger, a total mind blower. And I think it's going to save us all a lot of time, a lot of frustration and suffering and mostly money. And that feels really great as we are about to go into a new year. We're going to have more knowledge. This week's episode is about beauty. And I know that we covered that already with Emma Dabry a few weeks ago, but that was from a very different point of view. We were talking more about the history of beauty and the cultural understandings of beauty and how different they are around the world and the economic factors of beauty and the racist factors of beauty and the misogynist factors around beauty. This week's episode is more about the literal beauty industry that we are in right now and how to understand it and how to know what's real and what isn't real. We're talking about skincare, especially body care, uh, injectables, all the things that we're being bombarded with targeted ads about all of the time. My guest this week is Jessica Tofino, and she's a beauty culture critic who is on a mission to reform the industry and reveal what the beauty industry isn't telling you and why. She has interviewed loads of the best surgeons, the best skincare experts, the best dermatologists on the planet, loads of doctors, to be able to really get to the bottom of what is going on and how this multi, 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 multi-billion dollar industry continues to find new ways for us to hate ourselves and panic about ourselves and spend so much money on trying to fix what may well have never been broken. And so in this episode, we really get into the details of what these products are doing to us, what these chemicals are doing to us, how they can not just sometimes affect our skin, but also our cells. Are they causing endocrine disruption, which impacts our hormones? Are they stopping our body from doing what it can do naturally? Are they harming us more than doing good? Is the thing that we consider to be a healthy glow actually a sign of damage? In this episode, you're going to learn that I know really fuck all about skin and I really know fuck all about my own skin and I make a lot of mistakes. Uh, And I sound like someone who's never heard about skincare before in my life and I'm sorry about that. But it is something I'm ignorant about and she blew my mind and I feel like she has, you know, because I'm getting older, I'm in my mid-30s, I'm coming to a point where people are, you know, telling me more and more that, you know, I need to start looking after my skincare and having a regimen. And I feel like she's come in just at the right time, like a fucking fairy godmother, and warned me about what not to do, and explained to me how this system breaks down and what's actually going on, and confirmed so many of my lifelong suspicions about a lot of things within the beauty industry. And so I'm doing it again, I'm poking at the hornet's nest, I'm going after a very, 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 very successful industry. And it's not something that I'm telling you not to participate in. I'm still going to participate in a bit of beauty industry. I like a bit of skincare. I like a bit of this shit. There's plenty of stuff in the world that isn't perfectly good for our health. And some stuff just makes us feel good. And that's fine. We're not demonizing anyone. And I'm certainly not standing on a soapbox. But all I want in life is for us to just be able to opt in to what we choose to do with our bodies. And how can we ever 
opt in and feel empowered if what we are doing is based on lies from media, from magazines, and from fucking social media influencers. So this is a breakdown that is very accessible. It's very judgment-free. And I really, 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 really hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. And uh, just before I introduce the episode, I also want to quickly be really, really naughty and tell you that I have a show that I'm putting on next Wednesday, the 29th of November in Los Angeles. It's at the Ace Hotel Theatre and it's for Choose Love, which is an organization that support people in need all over the world. The places that are both in the headlines, like what we're seeing in Palestine and Israel, but also the places that are not in the headlines, like Sudan and Armenia and Ukraine and the people in Afghanistan who've just suffered a horrific earthquake that most people don't know about. And given that we are coming into the winter months, it is a time where people need help more than ever as it's getting cold and also harder for us to be able to get resources to people. So I'm trying to raise as much money as possible My boyfriend, James Blake, is playing a stunning acoustic set that's going to be really special. We also have the gorgeously talented Monica Martin singing. She's one of my favorite singers of all time, and you have to see her live and you have to check out her music. And we have the hilarious and iconic Grace Campbell doing stand-up comedy to open the show. I'm going to be hosting. The tickets are pretty reasonably priced, but we also need to raise money. So if you can't come, you can donate. The links are all in my bio on my Instagram, but it's November 29th in Los Angeles at the Ace Hotel Theater. It's going to be an amazing night. It starts at 7.30 and I really hope you get to come and if not try to spread the word or donate whatever you are capable of but I just wanted to let you know this is a world where right now there is so much doom and gloom and I feel like we just need reminders of love and we need reminders of humanity and a lot of us feel so helpless in this moment and we want to do something beyond just posting and reposting infographics this is a way that we can actually be helpful and I've worked with this organization for a long time. I trust them. I know the founder. She's been on this podcast. Her name is Josephine Norton. If you want to find out more about that, listen to that episode. It's one of the most inspiring one-hour chats that you'll ever hear. But uh, it's just something I wanted you to know about in case you want to get tickets. And I'll fucking see you there. But for now, this is the excellent Jessica Defino. Jessica Davino, welcome to Iway. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here today. I really want to pick your brain about so many different subjects to do with the world of beauty because you have such extensive experience within the world of beauty and such an awareness of how it's impacted you emotionally. And I, I know that some of you might have listened to a previous episode I did with Emma Dabry about uh, about beauty, but I think that was more the kind of history behind why we think things are beautiful. And it's the kind of anthropology and sociology behind that. This is more of a kind of practical episode about the reality of what we're living in right now, what's being targeted at us right now, almost especially as we come to the new year when it's supposed to be new year, hotter you. And so it felt like the right time to be able to give people very candid insight into the actual products that we're putting on our face and what that does to our faces, to our bodies, but also to our minds, because it's all very well us being able to understand the history of why we all feel like shit. 
But we also have to, and that is vital, but we also have to be able to have day-to-day advice and insight as to how we now escape what we're living in. Because it's hard to intellectualize this stuff beyond a certain point. Yeah. You know, and you know firsthand how, how destructive the world of beauty can be for someone. Can you tell me some of the things that you have learned in your work about skincare and injectables about what they actually right. do because i just want to start with one thing which is that i heard and you can tell me if i'm wrong that a lot of big skincare brands have endocrine disruptors mm-hmm. can you tell me what that is sure an endocrine disruptor is basically a chemical that mimics the hormones in your body and they can mimic these hormones at really small doses so i mean a lot of times people try to like refute this science by the dose makes the poison, but endocrine disruptors are really unique in that they can affect the body, alter the body in really small amounts, the type of amounts that are found in skincare products or makeup or hair care. There's a lot of research that still needs to be done, Mm -hmm. but there is preliminary research that shows some of these endocrine disruptors that are in our cosmetics or especially in like hair treatments, hair dyes, hair straighteners have, you know, detrimental effects to fertility, respiratory health. We're seeing girls enter puberty at younger and younger ages. And one of the hypotheses is that that is due to endocrine disruptors in everyday products, including beauty products that are- But children aren't using those. Well, soaps, shampoos, things like that. And also children like kind of are using skincare at younger and younger ages. There was this really horrifying report in New York Magazine recently about like 12, 13, 14-year-olds starting anti-aging routines, doing like 10-step no. routines, 14-step routines. It's really, it's like, it's dystopian. It's scary. But then again, for children, there's also a lot of evidence that beauty products that their parents use are, you know, show up in umbilical cord blood. They've done testing. Like we're passing some of this on and it's affecting generations. So, I mean, I would love to see more research because right Mm -hmm. now there's a lot of like correlation and not a lot of direct like causation studies out there, but it's enough to be concerned about. Yeah. But it's hard when you have a multi, multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry, one of the biggest industries in the world. There's a lot of people who are going to make a strong effort to stop those studies from being done to hinder those studies but I I, I don't think it's impossible and I think Gen Z's hunger for the truth Mm -hmm. might be enough to push us through to getting more of that hard data and so another point to I guess take into consideration is that with a lot of our body creams and body washes and uh, anti-aging skin for the body and tanning stuff uh, if that stuff has chemicals in it that are dangerous for us think about the fact that the skin is I think one of the biggest organs in the body. Yeah, the skin is is your biggest organ. It might be a small, it might be just be a small amount in a traditional dose, but if you're putting that all over your entire body, and I'm five foot eleven, so I've got a shit ton right. of skin, <laughs> then then that's also going to exceed, I guess, the yeah. dose. It's really interesting with the way the skin works. Like the skin is an incredible organ that actually does a really good job of keeping most things from ever penetrating into your bloodstream. So it's like a very, very small percentage of ingredients will end up internally in your body in some way. Like it has a lot of mechanisms to keep that from happening, which is also a great point to keep in mind for why most skincare is absolutely useless. (laughs) But the ingredients that do penetrate, that can get past that barrier, um, tend to be the ones that are a little bit more questionable 
and have some negative health side effects associated with them. The science of the skin as compared to like the science of skincare products is, is one thing that I'm just super fascinated by because the truth is, is that what we're told about products from brands, for instance, it's sinking deep into your pores, penetrating deep to cause a result. Like most of that is just scientific, like pseudoscience. What do you mean? For example, like I, okay, here's one way that I like to describe it. There's the science of skincare products and then there's the science of the skin itself. And the science of the skin itself refutes the science of skincare products. And one way I like to explain that is to think of like fracking and fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. So there's like a whole boatload of science that will tell you the best ways, the most effective ways to extract fossil fuels from the earth, the most effective ways to get those materials and to create products with it. And then there's a the science of the earth, which tells us that fossil fuels are destroying our climate and our ecosystem, Right. It's very similar with skincare science. The beauty industry has a whole bunch of science that says products will change the way your skin looks or products will have this certain effect. And then there's the science of the skin, which is like actually trying to have that effect on the skin is damaging to the skin barrier and the skin's inherent mechanisms or actually pores are not meant to be penetrated and the body will go to like extreme lengths to not allow some of these ingredients deep within the pore because that is the function of the skin. Oh, the skin so is you're actually, saying the body will have some sort of a like an immune response because it's saying there's something on me that's not supposed to be here that's disrupting my yeah. regular function. The skin is actually part of the immune system. It is like the first line of defense for the whole body's immune system and it actually has its own skin-specific immune system as well, which is something that like I knew everything about the beauty industry growing up. You know, I read every magazine and every blog and and listened to every like cool dermatologist or celebrity on the proactive commercials. And I didn't know any of like what the skin was actually meant to be doing. Like it's an immune organ. Mm. It's fascinating when you think about it. And it's amazing how like free and loose we are with what we'll put on it. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel as though a lot of people are much more discriminatory about what they'll put in their mouth versus what they'll put on their hair and do to their hair and their scalp and their skin. And I like do wonder if there's a connection there. It's that we like in the name of beauty deprive ourselves a lot in terms of like food and diet and what we'll eat and what we'll allow ourselves to consume. And then we sort of indulge in that craving to consume and to add through topical beauty. I think like glazed donut skin is a really great example of this. Where it yeah, feels what like, is that? I really don't like the way <laughs> it's presented. I hate, I hate the like food as beauty idol thing that's happening. There's like dewy dumpling skin and glazed donut skin. It's just the idea of, you know, it's the same objectification there's always been. It's just now the object of desire is food. Um, so glazed donut skin is like you want your skin to be like glowy and like almost sticky looking like a Krispy Kreme. And to me, it's just so ironic as this is trending. We're also seeing things like Ozempic trending and diet culture making this huge comeback. And it just feels like there has to be a connection there. Like we're sublimating our desire to eat a Krispy Kreme and denying that. And then just like we're becoming a Krispy Kreme instead. Exactly. (laughs) Like it's, 
it's dark. <laughs> it is dark. And and can you expand upon the parallels between the diet industry and the skincare industry? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many. I think like in both cases, we have been sold a particular aesthetic and told that this signifies health. Um, when the truth is that the in the pursuit of that ex- aesthetic, we're actually impairing our health and our bodies and, and hurting ourselves. I think in both cases, like this ideal of thinness has been integrated into the medical industry. And this idea of like ageless, poreless perfection has also been integrated into like dermatology, for instance, like you can go to your dermatologist now and for your annual skin cancer screening, which everybody should do. And now while you're there, they'll also offer you Botox or fillers. And these are not medical needs, right? These are aesthetic things, but being involved in medical care as they are, it like makes the consumer believe like, oh, to be healthy, I need to do this. The same way the diet industry and a lot of medical standards around BMI have made us believe like, oh, to be healthy, I need to be thin. Mm. It feels a lot like both are aimed at our sort of like near pedophilic obsession with young women, you Mm -hmm. know, because a very thin body is a body that hasn't gone through puberty yet. It hasn't had children. It hasn't lived and lived long enough to eat a lot of meals. Like we, we associate curvaceous bodies with being kind of older and more middle-aged and menopausal, et cetera. We look at like a young body as one with an incredibly super fast metabolism. So therefore very skinny, like you don't have a lot of fat. And at the same time, we're pushing for completely ageless skin, regardless of how old you are. And like, you know, people having a, you know, I found myself thinking, do I need a knee lift? And then again, I was like, who right. said that? Where the <laughs> fuck did that come from? Because I've got like Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, so I have saggier, baggier knees oh, okay. than the average person. Mm-hmm. But still, they're just my fucking knees. Yeah. Who gives a shit? I've never looked at a man's knees and gone like, fucking hell. Right. Ever. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now listen, we all carry around different stresses, big, small, medium size, and a lot of us keep them bottled up because sometimes we just have to. But doing that all of the time can really, really start to negatively impact your life. And I say that from experience. I'm British. We are told to never say how we're feeling about anything ever. And uh, that's why so many of us are so sad. Now, a way that I was able to remedy that was by having therapy, which was super helpful for me, not only because it's amazing to get things off your chest, but also all week, you know, as you're bottling things up, because it's not always the time or place to say exactly how you feel, you know, you're going to get that hour where you're able to get everything off your chest and say it exactly as you want to. And this therapist isn't going to take it personally. And they're not going to hold it against you or throw it back in your face during an argument over dinner next week. You just have this complete freedom. Honestly, I think everyone should have therapy, regardless of whether they think they need it, because it's so amazing to have a confidant. It's a journal that talks back to you and helps you with all of your problems. I think therapy is just a safe space to get everything off your chest to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, then maybe you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you can switch therapists if you don't like them anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash iWay today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iWay. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. 
because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. We're told, like, you know, lift your armpits, lift your, whatever, your elbow-like skin, lift your, I mean, I can't believe that these things even exist, but they do. And they're very successful financially. Right. And like infantilizing too, you know, it it makes us take our like grown adult brains and apply them to the pursuit of eternal youth. Yeah. And you also see that a lot of the actresses and and models and influencers who are pushing that aesthetic of like the thin ageless self also bring that into the way that they present themselves. It's a lot of like mm-hmm. doe-eyed, pouting, touching of the lip, like looking down, but with the eyes looking up, like this kind of Lolita aesthetic of like, I'm just a widow girl. Right. And and trying to look as youthful and helpless as possible. Like all of it feels like, and again, I don't mean this as a slight, but I think it's just important to, when we're talking about what's empowering, when we're talking about what we choose to do, we have to also consider why we made that choice and when we consider why we make a choice we have to look at the surrounding environment and if the dominating images are of women even in their 30s 40s and 50s trying to look like and emulate the behavior of children or prepubescent girls then you have to wonder like how's that not getting in at all how's that not having any impact on my brain well and that's like i mean that's the average person's idea of like what a successful person is right like Famous people are elevated as the ideal, like that you're successful in your field, you're at the top of your game, you're celebrated, you're adored, people love you. So these are all things that it's just like very human to want and crave. And we see that associated with this certain aesthetic or these certain beauty behaviors. And I think it's just very, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to look at that and say, oh, this is what I have to become in order to get adoration in order to get love in order to get acknowledgement like it's Mm. all of it's wrapped up and then those filtered images of those people make us want to filter our images and then we see filtered images of ourselves and then we go to cosmetologists or aestheticians and ask for either surgery or non-surgical but somewhat i guess it's called non-invasive even though it's fucking painful so that feels really weird um but injectables i want to get onto injectables for a second but i just want to finish on skincare because there's some important things for people to know so one of the things that i've learned uh briefly from other people and that you have done expansive work on is the fact that there are certain beauty products as in like types of beauty products, categories of beauty products that stop our skin from being able to do its function itself, right? Things that we didn't necessarily need to incorporate into our beauty regimen, but we did because we were told that's how to look as beautiful as possible. And when we do that, then your, your body goes, well, oh, I don't need to make any more of that chemical or do this function anymore because 
uh, you've kind of almost replaced you, you, it. Yeah, yeah, you've 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 it can retire. You've retired yes. it because you it's coming in from you know a new source on the outside. Right. So can you tell me what kind of products you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the body is like always in conversation with the environment. That's how it knows like how much moisture to produce, how much oil to produce, um, when to like exfoliate your dead skin cells off of your face. Like the skin has these inherent mechanisms to self-cleanse, self-moisturize, self-exfoliate, self-heal, self-protect. Um, so I mean, sort of a blanket statement, and this is just a very like wide ranging comment. There's so many specifics I could get into, but is that usually products that promise an aesthetic result to like change the way your skin looks or functions are probably impairing those inherent abilities that the skin has. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm reporting a story right now for the New York times. That's sort of about how we have stressed our skin out with too much skincare so that it's basically stopped functioning and it starts having all of these adverse reactions like, you know, dryness, dehydration, acne, redness, even like premature aging, just being generally dull or breaking out in eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, those things, dermatitis. And basically every dermatologist I've spoken to has said like cleanse. You can even just cleanse with water in the morning. You don't need to do a cleanser. Um, moisturize if your skin feels tight and dry. Yeah, some people say that you shouldn't like totally wash your face in the morning because those yeah. oils are good for your skin. Yeah, the oils are supposed to be there. Like sebum is the best thing that your skin has going for it. What like, sebum? Sebum is your is the name for your skin's natural oil. So like the oil that comes out of your pores, it's coming out of your sebaceous glands. It's called sebum and it's incredible. It's like the most protective moisturizing thing in the world for human skin because human skin creates it. Yeah. And when you think about it, you're like, oh, well, I wash my face because I don't want my face to be shiny or oily. I'm going to wash off the natural sebum that's good for me. And then I'm going to cover myself in products to make me look like a glazed Mm -hmm. donut. Exactly. So it's like, is mimicking the moisture that we had that we washed off our face in the morning. Right. Exactly. So it's like Mm -hmm. we use cleansers to remove those oils and moisturizers to replace the oils. We um, exfoliate to get rid of our dead skin cells. And then we use like barrier repair creams to repair the barrier that we just took off because your dead skin cells are part of your skin barrier. What's a barrier repair cream? It's like a huge new category in um, the skincare space where people have become obsessed with this idea of the skin barrier. But again, the skin barrier is is a thing that exists on your skin, right? It's like 0.0002 millimeters of skin. It's dead skin cells. It's sebum. It's um, natural moisturizing factors. Basically, all skincare disrupts this barrier to some degree. And now that people are like catching on to the fact that they've disrupted their skin barriers, they're seeing more skin issues, barrier repair creams are like the hot new thing. Is that because other creams broke the skin and now we're trying to fix it with new creams? Exactly. So it's like you could just stop using skincare and repair your barrier, but instead here's like an $80 moisturizer. It's really just nonsensical. Can something even repair your skin barrier? Is that even possible for any outside thing to repair your skin barrier? There are. There are certain circumstances. And like this goes for pretty much all skincare. There are circumstances in which outside products will be useful. Okay. Particularly if somebody is having like an acute issue or um, an actual like health 
problem in their skin, the same way you would have an actual health problem with any other part of your body and a, a medication or a topical could help. The problem is, is that we've like made it so that everyone thinks that they're in crisis all of the time with their skin. And like most people are fine with like SPF moisturizer. That's it. Mm. But like we've created these problems that don't exist. So people think like I'm in a crisis. I must repair. Most people can repair their barrier by just laying off skincare. Some people like me, like I use a little bit of jojoba oil as moisturizer because I was on Accutane That's the for years. oil I always thought was called jojoba. Sorry, it's jojoba. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's good jojoba. to know. But like for me, Accutane, like how it works is it actually damages your sebaceous gland so you don't produce oil anymore. Sometimes that function comes back. Sometimes it doesn't. So for me, it doesn't. I have a very impaired barrier now. And so jojoba oil is really useful for me um, and it can be useful for lots of people, but you know, not everybody needs all of these steps. Uh, my skin feels drier than like Gandhi's asshole. Like no, it doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> like there's nothing I can do. Like it's just the driest skin and this has not mm -hmm. come from using too many beauty products because as right. I said, I'm not really like very well versed in beauty stuff. I find moisturizing, like I hate anything wet. I hate all wet things. <laughs> I hate wet foods and I hate okay. uh, the feeling of, so I, I never wash my face in the morning. I just stick moisturizer yeah. on that. top of my filthy little face. Um, mm -hmm. And then unfortunately also remove last night's makeup, which is bad as in like eye makeup. <laughs> um, I don't really wear skin makeup, but I, uh, so I, I, I try to like keep my life as dry as possible. But even when I use creams or oils and stuff on my skin, I, it's it's unbelievable. It's like my skin mm -hmm. just goes, uh, my face yeah. is always so dry. It feels like it's going to crack no matter how much moisturizer I put on in the morning. So what's happening there? Is there anything that could work for someone like me? Is it because all these things are, are like, you know, from stores that also have chemicals in them? Is that what's stopping it? Do I need something pure? No. I mean, I would say that you probably have it covered topically. It doesn't sound like you're impairing your barrier too much with whatever you're putting on. To me, it sounds more like something you might be able to address internally. So like the best way to get hydration into your skin is obviously to drink water. That's like blah, blah, blah. We've all heard that before. The, the thing to be, to be mindful of there is like, you also need to have enough like mineral content in your body for your cells to hold the water. So like electrolytes, electrolytes are really important. Um, you also get a lot of like minerals from just like fresh fruits and vegetables always a good choice. The, the big thing I would probably recommend for you would be an omega-3 supplement. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Fatty you take acids. one. No, Fatty I don't acids. take anything. Well, here's really interesting skincare science is the skin barrier is mostly made up of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. The body can't produce them on its own. It can only obtain them from your diet. So if you're not getting enough omegas in your diet, your skin barrier literally can't produce those. It has to get them internally so to me it oh yeah sounds i don't like eat you might have like shit that would be good for my skin right <laughs> yeah. now, right that's so, interesting i've said that before that like i feel like my skincare you know i get asked a lot about my skin people often like will compliment or comment on my skin and and i often say like a few things like one of them is privilege right because i have mm -hmm. the privilege to be able to and i got fucking dragged for saying this even though i was fucking right and you're all a bunch of assholes <laughs> uh but there is a level of privilege where it's it's not like i'm going around having facials or this that and the other i i would have access to that but i personally don't like being touched and as i said earlier i don't like wet things i'm a very fussy person um but uh i have access to food 
and mm-hmm. and drinks that are not detrimental to my well-being. And so I right. believe that a lot of my hair care and my skincare is like occurs at the dinner table like it's in how and what I eat and maybe I'm not eating enough of certain things but I definitely have seen that there is a direct especially having gone from being anorexic and never eating anything and seeing how malnourished my hair and my skin and my body and my libido were mm-hmm. I really believe that you know I think it's it's especially like in South Asian culture we believe that the dinner table is where you cure most disease and most of your problems yeah. um, and having privilege in a country in many countries in the west that fucking poison the food and put hormones Mm -hmm. in the food and in america there are so many ingredients that are banned in the same skincare products in europe they have the same skincare product but it's got extra chemicals in america that are banned in europe like these things are important to take note Mm -hmm. of and i i don't have to engage with a lot of those things because of privilege and so i i definitely stand by the idea that a lot of it happens in what goes what you pour into the engine Right. And not only that, but like stress has a huge um, impact on skin barrier health. So that's a huge thing. Like that is a part of privilege. A lot of underprivileged people are living with an immense amount of stress and mm-hmm. no time to really like address it or management. Mm-hmm. Good sleep is another also, one. Like the skin repairs itself while you're sleeping. So if you are privileged enough to get pretty good sleep pretty often, like you're you're working with more resources like from within your body. Totally. And not getting enough sleep really throws off your hormones and your hormones throw off Mm -hmm. fucking everything, especially your skin. Uh, Again, that was something I was talking about when I got dragged, which is that like, I have more time to sleep. I am still an insomniac sometimes, but I don't have three children that I'm having to work five jobs to support. I don't have the same kind of stresses. But what's great about this conversation is that we're taking the skincare kind of actually out of it and saying that normally leaving your skin alone which is free Mm -hmm. and natural oils tend to be cheaper than the medical or heavily ingredient based stuff uh that stuff is cheaper and more affordable and actually will do you less harm in the long run which i love hearing and i think is so important to hear because it's such an expensive industry and it's really something that you're made to feel like people think it's really weird that i don't engage in that stuff. They think it's really odd, but it's yeah. just because I, I'm scared of it. I'm scared I'd rather spend the money on fun. Exactly. I mean, I think that's a great tip for people who are like practically looking to maybe divest from the skincare industry is like a really great way to reframe it is like, where are you going to be allocating these resources instead? And is that going to lead to like more joy and fulfillment and freedom in your life? And like a lot of times it will. And also put that money towards a higher quality of nutritious food. Exactly. And then you get to eat delicious food that doesn't cause the health problems, doesn't cause the skin stuff and hormone stuff. I mean, it's very similar to like sustainable fashion in that way where it's like, if you buy less, you can spend, you can allocate more money to like one sustainable piece. Um, it's very similar with the skin. If you use less, you can, you have more resources to spend on something that will actually benefit your skin in, in the long term. That might have, might have seemed like unattainable before. This is my last thing on skin, which is that there are sure. certain things that I use that do literally make my skin look mm-hmm not brighter because I don't use vitamin C or anything that's brightening, but um, I'll use like an exfoliant and it'll be a chemical Mm. exfoliant. Yes. Okay. I have so much info about this. Oh no. Um, I was so worried you would. I almost didn't bring it up because I I really like my little chemical exfoliant. Yeah. Uh, Every once in a while it's fine. It's not like a huge They say you're supposed to wear it daily. No, I wouldn't do that. And here's why it looks good. 
One, injury has always been a beauty ideal. The current beauty ideal of what healthy skin looks like is not healthy skin, but injured skin. Skin that has had its barrier scraped off, burned off with acids. And what happens when you injure the skin, all of these nutrients flood to the surface to help repair it. What those nutrients are, are like hyaluronic acid, which exists like within the deeper layers of your skin and comes up to the surface to try to repair it. Um, oils, moisture, all of this stuff is showing because it's a repair response and we have glamorized the look of injury. And so when I say like skincare products don't do anything, I don't mean like they won't change what your skin looks like. Like very often they do. Very often that can be like a response to injury. And then very often it's just, it's over time that we start to see the detrimental effects, to see the irritation, to see the inflammation. And our brains don't say, oh, that must've been that skincare product I started using three weeks ago because by now it's old. So it's like, we never make those connections. Fuck. Oh no. Injured skin is a beauty <laughs> ideal. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the same way that starve the look of emaciation, the look of starvation, the look of self-discipline exactly. and self-denial. It's like the facial equivalent of like heroin chic. Fuck me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've Ooh. really you've ruined that for me. How often could one indulge in it? I would say like once or twice a week is probably fine. Okay. Not everybody needs to exfoliate that much. And then there are also other ways to encourage your skin to self-exfoliate. Like lymphatic drainage massage is a great tool yeah, for overall skin health. You just do it with your fingers. Oh, I, right. I you mean like with the rollers? With, your, with the rollers, with your fingers. I massage my face every day just with my fingers, no product, like a little bit of jojoba oil. Um, and that's great for circulation. It's great for lymphatic drainage. And and all of those things encourage the skin to self-exfoliate. It's called desquamation. Desquamation. Mm-hmm. So what do you do on your face with your fingers? Um, so basically, I follow the pattern of the lymph nodes. So kind of right in your collarbone is where your lymphatic fluid drains out to the rest of your lymphatic system. So I start here, just kind of like wiggle around your collarbone to open up the lymphatic drainage ducts. For how long? Um, total, my facial massage takes like 15 minutes, 10 to 15 okay. minutes. You can do a short one. Um, so I open up the ducts and the collarbone. Then I go like down the neck or up the neck, whichever one. I'll use my fingers like around my ears. You have a ton of lymph nodes in front of your ears and in back of your ears. Mm. And so I just like massage like that, drain it down the neck. And then I'll go into the cheekbones for a little bit, under the eyes for a little bit, um, over the eyebrow and then drain it all down again through the neck, through the collarbones and wiggle. Wow. Yeah. It, and it feels so nice. So how does that make you exfoliate? The boost in circulation helps bring nutrients to the surface layer of your skin. Um, the lymphatic drainage, your lymph nodes are part of your immune system. So it strengthens like the immune response of your skin. Basically, it's just that all of its functions are functioning optimally and it's more equipped to self-cleanse, self-moisturize, self-exfoliate, 
It's a bit like when we say that there's no such thing as a detox, an external detox. You can only detox via your, I guess, your skin, but also mostly your kidney and your liver. Like we have Mm -hmm. specific organs that detox and a carrot juice isn't going to really do it for you. And you should be very wary of anyone who tells you that it will. (laughs) Yeah, I stopped stopped using the chemical exfoliant a while ago because I developed vitiligo. And so I didn't want to like piss Mm -hmm. off my skin any further. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was then thinking of uh, using like a, you know, like the kind of since the 80s or probably from before the exfoliating glove that's just sort of a sponge oh yeah is that also Mm -hmm. very bad because it's quite violent it is pretty violent to the skin barrier I mean again it just depends on your goals if your goal is just functioning skin you don't need that and that's kind of like a big point of my work is like helping people distinguish between like a want and a need I think a lot of us are conditioned to think our skin needs all of this attention Mm. and it doesn't need hardly any of it so if like you want to do that, sure, go ahead. It's not like no, it feels helpful. awful. Yeah, it's not like good for your skin. It's not like enabling skin function or skin health. But I've so, been yeah. told to everywhere I've looked, everything yeah. that I've been targeted with has just been like exfoliate. You don't want those dead skin mm-hmm. cells that make your skin look dull. Like this is what, and I'm this exactly. is me, and I'm fairly impenetrable like to a lot of that stuff because I hate spending money but I see a lot and I don't know if this is you at all and I don't mean to imply that it is but a lot of people who are divesting from diet culture and are very focused on that have transferred some of those expectations or behaviors onto the skin like I always say like skincare culture is dewy diet culture and this sort of compensation thing is really built into like cultural ideals. Like for example, people who are fat often hear, oh, but you have such a pretty face. Like it's set up this. Right, this right, right. No, I don't think that's what it is with me. Thing. I don't yeah. think that's what it is with me. I think it's because I put an airbrush ban on everything I do. So mm, I'm like, well, then I better mm-hmm. show up like fairly match fit to the right. shoot. But that sucks if I'm hurting my, well, fuck that. If I'm, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt my skin or mean that I have to, yeah. or I might not I financially be in a place to, to always afford this shit. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to mm-hmm. become reliant on it. Certain moisturizers right. are fine, right? They yeah. feel nice. Yeah. I mean like cleanser once a day, moisturizer in the morning at night, if you feel like it, SPF during the day, your like basic needs are completely met. You don't need to do anything more than that. If the goal is health functioning so cleanse moisturizer that's it yeah spf okay an spf yeah yeah of course definitely spf so there's no such thing as a pore reducer and there's no such thing as anti-aging cream right no that is bollocks it feels like bollocks there are things that will maybe have those aesthetic results but again those are not like health or functioning goals and actually can be detrimental in the long run to the health functioning and aesthetic of your skin there I like there are certain things that can make your pores appear tighter from time to time like but again, what is it because po- it's injured because it's injured so basically uh, what makes your pores tighter is inflammation when your skin is inflamed your pores close so that like again it comes back to this injury as a beauty ideal thing so a lot of what we think is health is actually inflammation and like inflammation is a normal response. It happens. But like when you're deliberately inducing inflammation for the sake of a beauty ideal, like that's where it can get a little problematic. And like your pores are, are, are outgoing channels only. Like that's where sebum comes out. They're not like, you don't want them smaller. That's going to cause issues. That's going to cause clogging that's going to cause maybe acne down the road it's just 
it's completely counter to like the purpose of the skin. This is making me so sad. It's making me <laughs> sad because, like, and I haven't indulged in a lot of those things, but but the idea that our skin is like suffering saying help me yes. and we're going yes. it's working i look fabulous <laughs> that's horrible i know that's so awful this is something so yeah. sad about our inflamed pores that us mm-hmm. looking at that going wow that cream really did reduce it it's like no it's fucking with you and your body's inflamed because it's in trouble and it's trying to give you a signal and we've been yes. taught to yes. see that signal that flare for help mm-hmm. as a sign mm-hmm. that we should keep going this is this is gonna become this is gonna become my new fucking villain (laughs) origin story i swear to god just like the diet industry was you're blowing my mind like i i really didn't know that it runs this deep at delta we know mike nhc prefers reality tv to reality so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Can we talk a bit about injectables? Because I feel like we have to, like a a large portion of this audience, there's so many people who listen to this podcast. And so if you think about the fact that a lot of those people are between the age of 25 and 35, that means... A lot of those people are in the ripe and perfect age to be targeted for preventative anti-aging. Yeah. Which is fucking bullshit. It's a huge market <laughs> right now. And it's like probably one of the biggest scams I've ever heard of. Like preventing what? Everybody ages differently. There's no one way that a person looks at 30 versus 40 versus 50 versus 60. Like every like so a, b- a big part of it to me is like, what, what do you think you're preventing? Like you're, we don't know yet. How can you say it's preventing this thing when you have no idea what aging is going to look like? Another interesting tidbit I like to bring up in these conversations is that like our idea of aging, what we call aging, studies have shown that it's actually only about 15% biological aging and 85% exposure. So we're thinking we're talking about aging. What we're really talking about is like environmental exposure to sunlight, to pollution, to um, processed foods, to stress, and to beauty products, which wear away at your barrier and make you appear older or what we have coded as older. Um, So preventative products, particularly topical products in a lot of ways will like wear away at your barrier and cause premature aging. And then when it comes to like preventative injectables, there are just so many potential side effects that like will have the opposite effect of what you're going for over time. So like if you start getting preventative Botox, say in your twenties, another thing to keep in mind is like that never ends. Like there's no point at which you just like stop and you're like, oh, I've successfully anti-aged. I know. I was saying this to you over the phone. It's been mad to live long enough Mm-hmm. that I remember being 22 and my friends getting preventative Botox and now mm-hmm. they're 
almost 40 and they're still getting Botox. They're so I'm like, oh getting- my God, I wish I could go back in a time machine and tell you not to do it yes. because you thought you were doing it then so that you wouldn't have to do it now. And not only are you doing it now still, but you're also having to undo some of the damage done by the shit you did when you were younger. And I think that's so important to get the word out there yes. about. It's just like an inherently disappointing pursuit because you can never have you, you can never be successful at anti-aging. You always have to keep buying into it. You always have to keep booking the appointments. You always have to keep scrutinizing your face for just like normal signs of aging that just come with the territory of being a human. So like psychologically, that does a lot of damage. There's a really interesting study that I like quote all of the time that was out of Yale and it showed a negative outlook on aging, which is what anti-aging is. On average, people who have a negative outlook on aging die seven years younger than people who are have a pretty positive outlook on aging. So like in that what way- What do they think anti- is the correlation there? It just like stress, negativity. Self-hatred. Self-hatred, yeah. Man. So I, I always like to think of that framing of anti-aging and just being like, even if, even if Botox or fillers make you feel good in the moment- long-term, when you step back, what they're actually doing is inspiring this like never-ending cycle of age anxiety, Mm. this like standard you have to upkeep. And that anxiety, even though it's alleviated in the moment with the injectable, does have detrimental health effects, which is not to mention like the physical health effects of like preventative Botox over time, which is like you could atrophy your muscles which can make your skin like thinner and looser. Um, your veins might be more visible. There's also this thing called recruitment, where if you freeze one muscle in your face, other muscles are recruited to the project of moving. And so you develop wrinkles in these other areas. And mm. then you have to start getting injections in more places because your muscles in other areas have been recruited to compensate for the lack of movement in the ones that have been injected. And why do those muscles overacting uh, um, make you look older? It's like just like a, a biological yeah. urge, you know, the, the muscles want to move <laughs> and it's just sort of like built into the body to compensate for that. Yeah. And then there's also like really interesting studies that show when we are freezing our muscles and our expressions, it can impact our ability to connect with other people and these sort of like nonverbal cues that we don't consciously pick up when we're communicating with other people, but impact our connections nonetheless. So for instance, like something that humans do, it's, it's called mirroring, where if you're talking to someone and they're expressing sadness or discomfort and their face shows it, your face will mirror that. And mm-hmm. it's a way of creating empathy. So there have been studies that show that if you can't mirror expressions, you have a harder time processing other people's emotional states, even your own emotional state. And it has like a a negative impact on your ability to empathize and connect with other people. So like long term, that to me is what's really scary. I um, I was sat next to a plane from New York to Los Angeles uh, and I was sat next to a neurologist and it was a guy, he was in his 50s and we were just chatting and then he quite bluntly was like, have you had any work done? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, have you had like fillers or injectables, etc.?" And I was like, no. And he said, can you just promise me something? 
please promise me you will never ever put this stuff into your face and I said why because uh, all my friends were at the time and it's not that I wanted to but I, I did want to understand why he was like taking my hand right. and begging me yeah. and he said to me and and I, I've asked other people about this and some people have confirmed it some dermatologists have denied it but I don't know if I can trust them seeing as they make money <laughs> out of it uh, exactly. but um he said that because the skull is one of the most porous bones in the body, injecting these quite intense chemicals, like Botox is like derived from botulism, um, mm. which is a paralyzing, I think, disease. Yeah. Uh, injecting those things and fillers and all those like intensive chemicals so close to where your brain is may well be having long-term detrimental effects that don't show immediately but show up later on people who've had loads of Botox and loads mm. of filler. And so by the time they realize, it can be attributed to something else and you won't necessarily think about the 10, 20, 30 years of injectables you had. Do, right. do Have you seen science to back that up or research to back that up? I, I would say it wouldn't surprise me. Like Botox cosmetic is still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. We maybe have like 20... 25 years of FDA approval. So there aren't those long-term studies where it's like if someone who's 22 is starting preventative Botox now and is doing that until they're 80, we don't have studies to show what 60 years of use of this particular neurotoxin looks like. So I haven't seen anything about Botox saying that now, mm -hmm. but I, I would just say like, we don't have long, long, long-term studies. Let's all look into yeah. it. But there is there is evidence that um, filler can migrate. So filler can migrate to different places of your face and different places um, of the body. And that is something that um, what can has that recently do? been discovered. I mean, this is the thing is like, we don't really know all the potential implications right now. Like there are a lot of aesthetic I think fears around that. So it's like you can end up looking overly puffy, like you have odd proportions. Um, it can cause skin stretching or even like skin discoloration because it's like moving to these places that you didn't actually want it um, injected. So right now, I think a lot of the focus has been on like, oh, it's causing aesthetic results that are the opposite of what was intended. Um, I haven't seen any like health studies about what migrated filler might do. Something I, I wondered about for the longest time, which is that how can we put these things inside of our skin, into our cells, injectables, and our body doesn't just go, you know, because our body is so quick to go, oh, that's not ours. Well, Let's get wait, rid of that. Our body does do that. And that's why you have to keep getting it. Your what? body breaks it down. That's why it stops working. The body breaks it down. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm -hmm. I know it blew my mind when I like first made that connection. I was interviewing a cosmetic injector about it and they were like talking about detoxification. And that's literally what's happening with Botox. Botox is a neurotoxin. Your body is detoxing. It's breaking down that toxin and, and removing it from the body. Fuck me. I so know. So it doesn't just randomly, I thought it just sort of self-destructed or dissolved. I had no there idea that. There might be that, like a couple of different yeah. mechanisms there, but one of them for sure is like the body just. It's trying to eliminate it. it. Of course it yeah. would, because it's yeah. wondering what the fuck this, far, it doesn't know about what magazine mm -hmm. you read. It didn't mm -hmm. know that you followed the Hadids or mm -hmm. whatever. That's why I always laugh when people are like, oh, detox isn't real. And it's like, that, but it's always the same people who are getting Botox. And it's like, that's just, it's a bodily mechanism. 
Yeah, it's that's happening. interesting. So, okay. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about was threading because that's a huge craze oh. where I am in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which is a kind of, instead of having filler or injectables, a lot of models and actresses are choosing to put a thread through kind of from the the cheekbone near the nose all the way up to the corner, like the far corner mm-hmm. of the eye and the forehead. And it's to kind of almost like have an invisible string under the skin right. that pulls you tight the way that you get with like a tight ponytail, which in England we call mm-hmm. the Croydon facelift. And that's mm-hmm. why you've noticed that like a lot of um, famous uh, white actresses in particular suddenly look half Asian and yep. they look like they're from different places and different countries because their eyes are now um, more almond shaped than they were before. Uh, they had more kind of penny eyes before and then now they have almond shaped eyes. And not only is that seen as a kind of racial cherry picking, but right. also there have been, like I know people who've had like terrible issues with nerve damage from doing that. I just feel like at the heart of this, especially because so much of this is targeted towards women, so much of it is that it's just hyper-normalized for us to have to suffer. Mm-hmm. It is hyper-normalized for mm-hmm. us to torture ourselves. The fillers are so painful. Surgery is so painful. Facelifts are painful. Threading can go really wrong. Then we have to pay to fix the fucking nightmare of the thing that we weren't informed would really happen. Right. You have women dying for bum injections. It's just the hyper-normalized. It's the way that we're expected to have 3,000 hours in a day. We're supposed to wake up earlier than men to be able to do our hair and makeup mm-hmm. and present ourselves better than they feel pressured to yeah. and then we're supposed to do this extra half an hour at night of a long like I keep being asked by different right. companies to do like different magazines to do a kind of go to bed with me where I do my nighttime mm-hmm. skin routine and I can't do it like, the reason I boring. haven't done it because I was like it would be one second long not because like mm-hmm. I'm so great or this that and the other but just because <laughs> I don't know any of this yeah. stuff and I've just sort of had a gut instinct not to get involved mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever going to be a complete purist. I fucking love makeup. Mm. I like right. some moisturizers. I like that they've, I mean, they've probably got some sort of fucking glitter in them or something. God knows what I'm putting on my face. But like, I like the fact that they make my face look a bit glowy. I I will never stop. Lipstick's probably bad for me. I'm going to wear lipstick every day for the rest of my life. I love certain foods that I'm told are not perfectly, you know, ideal for my health. I don't think I'm ever going to be someone who's like not going to live. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel so like illuminated by what you've taught me and justified in that instinctive reaction that like this feels like bullshit a lot of it does not all of it but a lot of it and the fact that it goes against your your body's ability to self-clean and Mm -hmm. to self-elastify whatever is is so upsetting because then they're forcing you to have to stay in it because once your body can't do it anymore then you have to it's a you're you're signing a lifelong contract Yeah. And like the most frustrating aspect of that to me is that it's being sold to us as self-care, as self-love, as empowerment, even as like autonomy and like with these political implications. And it really changes the way we think about them, where we feel just like very justified and very empowered to keep participating in these behaviors that are actually like one, siphoning our material resources and two, impairing our body's ability to like protect us and take care of us. Mm. And you 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 brought up like the diet industry and Ozempic and like Ozempic is kind of ushering in this new phase of skinniness again. And like I don't yeah. think I've even heard the words 
body positivity since like last October. Um, people have just stopped saying it or talking about it and everyone's just quietly getting smaller and uh, denying any involvement in it. So that's yeah. one thing, right? But with that, especially when it's a drastic amount of weight loss at speed, but also any weight loss, especially at a certain age, is going to make your cheeks more sunken. It's going to, you're going to lose some of the, the bounciness of your face. Yeah. So when that happens, we're seeing loads of cosmetic surgeons and estheticians come on TikTok and be like, you might have heard of Ozempic face, uh, mm -hmm. which is like the kind of, it's a, a claim that, you know, something like that, or like fast weight loss means that your face looks older. So what they're doing is trying to say, therefore you need to use more fillers more often to combat that. Mm -hmm. So it feels again, like the fucking handshake between the diet right. and beauty industry of like, we're going to create uh, we're going to make loads. Yeah, we're going to make loads of money to make you do something to your body. That's also going to mean that you're going to mm -hmm. have to do more and spend more time on your skin. Also, you're not getting right. as many nutrients when you're on an injectable. That it, that means you're not eating as much, right? Because you've got gastroparesis. You're not as hungry. You can't take in the nutrients that you need. That means that your skin is also going to suffer. Your hair is also going to suffer. Mm -hmm. So then they're going to sell you mm -hmm. gummies for your hair. It's just a never-ending fucking nightmare. <laughs> no, and they're. I mean, they're completely like in. Cahoots. Oh where it's God, like, I feel like I'm spiraling. <laughs> yeah, it must have been I mean, so mad to learn all of this after such I a know. long time being invested in it. I mean, it really felt like my entire world was collapsing. And I still carry a lot of shame around that of just like, wow, I'm, I'm 34 and I feel like I'm still just like learning who I am and what I want and what I like because I spent so much of my life, I spent 26 years of my life, like mostly focused on aesthetics and yeah, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that like what I invested so much of my life in is actually complete bullshit designed to mm. steal my life force in the exact way that it did. Oh man. So I just want to clarify for anyone who's listening to this, you are not a doctor and you also no, haven't no, no, gained no. all of this research on Google. You have been no. interviewing experts right. and surgeons and right. scientists for how long? For almost a decade. So I'm a, I'm a beauty reporter. So all of my information comes from just, you know, journalism. I have interviewed, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dermatologists, estheticians, nutritionists, um, cosmetic injectors, plastic surgeons over the course of the past like eight or nine years. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where I'm and therefore you sourcing don't, my information. Yeah. And therefore <laughs> and you don't I have a horse have in the like, race because you're not. Right. And I also have this like behind the scenes look at the beauty industry and like being in the beauty media and seeing what we couldn't print, what brands we couldn't stand up against, what um, ingredients we couldn't come out against because advertisers had just invested a lot in certain ingredients that were going to be pushed out to the public. Like mm. there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of the beauty media with brands, advertisers, and affiliate sales that affects what information is even allowed to make it to the mainstream. And so seeing that like corruption is really like what, what really radicalized me to like get this information out there because it's very, very hard. So what do we do? Imprint. What do we do just before we go? Because oh, I think everyone's like <laughs> heads probably spinning like mine. Do your research. Do your research. I think a really practical thing that you can do to sort of get you started thinking about some of these issues is like pare down your skincare routine because that's a place where you're actually going to see like practical benefits. You're going to probably see your skin start to heal itself. You're going to realize, oh, I didn't need all these products because my skin is doing things. I'm saving money. And like those practical benefits will open your mind to like 
questioning a lot more. But will at first your skin have a, could it have a negative reaction to the withdrawal of all of those external factors? Should you, do you think you should warn people that maybe at first it might get worse before it gets better? Like how long does it take? It depends on the person. Like some people Mm -hmm. don't really have that. Some people have weeks of that. I usually recommend like doing at least 28 days. That's the length of a skin cycle. So from when a new skin cell is born in the basal layer of your skin to when it self exfoliates off Mm -hmm. is usually around 28 days. And so that will be a good marker of how your skin is functioning on fewer products a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't really need anything. Some people are like, oh, my skin is actually still dry. So maybe I do need like a moisturizer twice a day. It's not to say like, oh, don't use anything ever again, but just to get a more realistic idea of where your skin actually needs a little bit of support and where products really weren't helping at all. And once you have done that, spend the money on nutritious, not processed food Mm -hmm. with minimal hormones in it. Uh, Don't drink out of plastic. Don't eat out of plastic. Try to just generally stay away from plastic anyway. And focus on a happier approach to aging because then Mm -hmm. you'll live a longer and better life statistically, according to Yale. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, fascinating. Thank you so much. This is a really, really interesting chat. And you've really enlightened and affirmed and inspired me. And I think this is, again, one of those episodes where once you see it, you just can't unsee it. And I think you've just saved all of us a shit ton of money and time. So thank you. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. Jessica, you're great. Thank you so much. That really means a lot. It's just like a dream to get to to chat with you and and bring some of this information to more people. I'm going to go throw all my exfoliants out. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil is produced and researched by myself, Jamila Jamil, Erin Finnegan, Kimmy Gregory, and Amelia Chapelo. And the beautiful music that you are hearing now is made by my boyfriend, James Blake. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It's such a great way to show your support and helps me out massively. And lastly, at I Weigh, we would love to hear from you and share what you weigh at the end of this podcast. Please email us a voice recording sharing what you weigh at iweighpodcast at gmail.com. And now we would love to pass the mic to one of our listeners. I weigh my own truth, whatever that may be. I weigh conscious and consciousness and figuring out my own way on my own path in this single disfigured life. Is there such a thing as a traveler, not a Delta? Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.